staring at dinosaur skeletons, I start to wonder, what if, long after we're dead and gone, a tiny species comes to dominate the planet? Too small to overconsume, they become great scientists and excavate our giant bones to reconstruct in museums. Maybe, as they walked through my cavernous ribcage, they too could feel awe at their relative place in the cosmos. And for a moment, they too could embrace the void. Warning, this podcast contains foul language, dark invocations, and treating women like their people. episode 57 of embrace the void where we have 99 patrons and nowhere to go with this outdated reference i am your host aaron and with me as always is my co-referencer in chief how you doing g-dubs i've tried to make either a 99 balloons reference or Ooh, i don't know why i just wanted to do the 500 miles reference which has uh-huh. nothing to do with the number 99 because it's, it's also a number it's a number just free associating numbers <laughs> Do you love lamp? Is that I what you're do telling love me? lamp. Yeah. So uh, this week we have another of our patented amazing interviews. Unfortunately, GW was down with the throat demons at the time. So I thought you were going to say down with the sickness. Down with it. He were down with the sickness. I was. Quite literally. Yeah. Um, and you did not get up. You were just down with the sickness. I don't know if anyone noticed, in, but in last week's episode, I did record the tag at the end when i was super verklempt so if you want to see how deep my voice can get that episode yeah it's his barry manilow impression or uh all right you do deep uh, let's get it all yeah that guy that's good yeah, yeah there we go wow that totally got derailed by that <laughs> so yeah so we're gonna get on to this interview which is sadly lacking in gw but now you've had a little bit of fun gw time so it'll be great what's chang doing he's getting a refill on his void this week, our guests are the loquacious co-hosts of the Secular Soup podcast, Amy with a Y and Amy with an I. They have promised to fill many much contents with their endless talking. Amy and Amy, would you like to say <laughs> hi to the void? I'm Hello, too, void. Hi, I'm too shy. I'm not even going to try. Just, no? She barely talks. I barely I talk. Know. The void's yeah. very friendly. It'll, it'll wait for you, even if you're an introvert. <laughs> Yeah, we're if people know anything about us, it's that we are total introverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't talk at all. You can't get us to open up, really. Mm-mm. So this is going to be a challenge for you. Let me tell you out. a long story about a time I didn't open up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see how it, we can make it work. You know, I've, I've got okay. a little bit of training with asking questions, so I think it'll oh, work good. out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to maybe start with a little bit of like what y'all's background is, I guess, in podcasting, how y'all got into all of this, how maybe y'all became lifelong um, frenemies? Yeah, I don't I don't even know who she is. Yeah, she's been she's been catfishing me for like two years now. At least. Um longer than that, you just don't know it. You're like catfishing each the, other and neither of you have any money. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? it's gonna make a great movie someday. So good. Yeah. Who gets We're to both play trying me? to get money out of the other one. <laughs> no, we started um we met on Facebook, as you do these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've actually never met in person. We we're just Facebook buddies and I mean loosely, loosely use yeah, the word buddies. I, I use that term buddy very yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we got to talking one day about how all there's there's all these fabulous atheist podcasts out there, but they're dominated by male voices. I believe which the word may or may sausage not have fest is used, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, the world of atheism and atheist podcasting is kind of a sausage fest. A and bit. so we thought we would like to hear more podcasts that are just featuring female voices or hosted right. by women. And we thought, well, no one else is doing it. Well, some people are doing it, but not a lot of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And we can talk, and we know how to run a computer, so why not us? And here we are. And we started making requirements of, I really want a show that's, uh, you know, about atheism and politics and, you know, moms and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, fuck it, we'll just do it. Yeah, yeah. now it's are just we a show to about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, and that brings me to my first sort of really hard-hitting question here, which is um, Vagina Hornets hashtag. <laughs> that's her i don't know what's going on on twitter oh, oh i see and the end the fighting begins yeah I am. well amy 
I do the Amy Instagram. can't remember. Yeah, Amy can't remember most of our recordings because she drinks through them. But on one of our <laughs> recent episodes, somehow I we got to I have kids and I work from home, which means all yeah. summer I've been working for my kids. So, so yeah, yeah, and then she just has I to drink. drink while we record to relax. Um, I mean, I drink, talk- I drink at work, too. Are you saying you drink around well, your children or you drink because of your children? Both, right? I mean, yeah, okay. there's not a wrong answer here. No, it's no. Fine. Okay. Do they listen? But do they yeah. listen to your um, external um, <laughs> recorded therapy? Not even if I beg them. Yeah. Okay. So you can say whatever you want. Doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. Great. Yeah. Car- carry on. I can't. Vagina hornets. Can't get mine go. to listen to it. No. Vagina <laughs> hornets. Um, no, I have so teenagers. That, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. That came from we were somehow talking about dating and dating advice, and somehow oh, and IUDs because I got an I, we were talking about birth control and IUDs. And IUDs and somehow are we got nightmares. into. Hornets, and then we were talking about hornets as a first date thing. And you know, if you had some hornets in your vagina, it'd be a fun surprise for a first date. Uh-huh. Yeah, they just come uh-huh. buzzing out of there. You never know. And I, don't put that in your started, Tinder profile because so. you want to surprise them. Right, it's going to be a yeah. fun surprise. So Wayward Willis podcast just took that and ran with it, and then they came up with their penis demons hashtag, and now we have a whole fun feud going oh. on with penis demons and vagina. Yeah, hornets, they didn't. They so. didn't come right. up with History that. History was made. That, that's that's part of why you're here is because we're the penis demon people. Ah, this is the okay. podcast that yeah, invented you've been given penis, that penis demon. demon thing. No, like we, we yeah, you started the penis yeah, demons, didn't you? Yeah. That's right. Wayward Willis just ran with it, didn't they? I mean, as they do, he just takes ideas and just <laughs> he just take he just steals other people's. And shit, then he gives you Crohn's disease, which is really and he awful. gives you Crohn's disease. Yeah, no, we're starting that rumor here. Let, let's be clear: <laughs> this whole timeline is running with penis demons. It's not just us, and it's not just Wayward Willis. It's it's a pretty universal situation, but it does really pair well i think with the vagina hornet stuff Agreed. well good i we've been on twitter for all of five minutes we yeah. finally got coerced into we're it we're way so too I old for the twitters i don't understand the twitters at all or on. the ongoing things i'm just i just jumped in there and was like whatever it's like a it's like a medium for um social networking if social networking is done entirely by flame wars and memeing Okay. Much. Well, then I should be on it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. It's um, right up my alley. I I'm like I like mo- Molotov cocktails just to go to the coffee house. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. The, the first time I got tagged into the vagina hornets uh, penis demon <laughs> hashtag wars, um, I assumed it was a Gwyneth Paltrow reference. If I'm honest, like I, it might have been. I think that's where we started because we were talking about hornets being used yeah. to cure things and steaming your. Plans. Well, so yeah, gonna... I, I mean, like, yep. I imagine yeah, that we actually like, talked about her. Someone had recommended shoving like a dead mm-hmm. hornet's nest up up there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, it's dead, Amy. That's the key. Oh, but then it ends up not being We were dead. doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more fun if they're alive. I, I mean, mean, dead hornets. That's just disgusting. But that's gross. There's bodies. Live there. That's fun, right? It's exciting Friday night right there. <laughs> it's not organic if they're dead, right? They have to be it's alive. It's still organic. Or... They're made of carbon. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's there's no wrong way to do vagina hornets. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to segue from vagina We've hornets. Ruined your there's, show. There's, there's no, not a good yeah. segue. No segue. Like, speaking of vagina hornets, let's ask yeah. a question about your past. Yeah. No. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about this your is children. What we do. Like, how, we go on we shows do. and ruin them. How do your children feel about your vagina hornets? I refer to it as their first apartment, and they don't appreciate that joke oh, no? every time. Yeah. I'm like, my, my children are technically my, my uterus is your first apartment, and they're like, "Mom, stop! It's not funny." I'm like, "It's still funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's always funny." Hey, you guys trashed yeah. it on the way out. You're gonna have to hear about it forever now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm totally. not gonna go into detail, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, once you had blackmailed us into coming on the show, and we were looking for a topic. <laughs> that was her. Uh, I'm the. I'm the. Full disclosure, I'm the really good, nice Amy. Oh, I see. You're, yeah. the, you're the one that doesn't self-promote and, and do the things no. that men all do and well, get away with. Well, she does it. She just does it all on Instagram. You know, all, all women should <laughs> so. do it. It's, it's you know, something that mm-hmm. we get away with and y'all shouldn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we settled on talking about the parenting thing because we haven't actually done, like, an episode on, like, full-on mm. antinatalism all the way. And, like, uh, someone had a couple uh, actually... Several people had sent me an article that I passed along to y'all about raising children in a what is you know a voidy timeline basically, and with all of the the crises that we are facing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and you said it sort of struck a nerve with things that y'all think about a lot. So, um, what do you feel like are, I mean, like 
first of all, like, let's, start, let's start at the beginning, right? When you're having the child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's do, go do back any further these, than that. No, <laughs> do any of these things factor in? Like, do y'all do y'all take into account? Um, I mean, like, I say this as someone who never even had to make this choice, but like, do, do any of those concerns come up when you're like, am I doing this for real? I didn't think about anything because I was Mormon. Mm. I, that was my duty. Fair enough. And I was doing my job. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Amy a, and I an had ethicist, very different... I, just yeah, I was, I was raised like veal I, for breeding, basically. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I, like I had said earlier, was not... I never intended to have kids. I've never been... Even when I was a little girl, I didn't like playing with babies. I always found babies They're creepy. They're super I creepy. Just, I wanted nothing to do They're with the them. Worst. Yeah, and... <laughs> I spent a solid year or two trying to decide, do I really want to have kids? My husband was the one who wanted to have kids, and I I had to come around on it. And I did. I thought a lot about, if I bring a kid into this world, that kid is going to suffer, and I'm going to be responsible for that. And part of that, you know, I deal with depression, too. So when I'm kind of in a depressive episode, I spend a lot of time thinking about just how shitty the world is, I guess, and then... You know, that can go into, oh, my God, I created this other human being and they could go through all these same things I'm going through. And it really does. It was something I thought about before I had kids. And I had to think about, am I willing to deal with that to have the experience of being a parent? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the end, obviously, I have two kids now. So, you know, what choice I made. But, yeah, for me, it was a very planned, very like I both of my kids were planned for quite some time um, and thought about a lot. I never had the the religious push to have kids because I was a woman and that's Man. what I had to do. You have a uterus. Very, what else? What kind of good are you? What else is it there for besides Thank hornets, you. right? Mm-hmm. Was it different um, first kid to second kid in terms like? You know, like e- either psychologically or ethically, where you like second kid will be there for the first kid. They can, you know, distract yep. each other. Whereas, you know, like psychologically, like, do you did you feel the endorphins flip? Did you feel the, the chemicals Yeah, I mean, flip? I for me, I was terrified of having children. I mean, until I gave birth, I was having nightmares thinking I did the wrong thing. Oh, my God. What am I going to like? I'm nine months pregnant now and I can't go. I can't change my mind. Now I have to do it. And I was just I remember talking to my doctor a week before I gave birth, freaking out, going like, I feel like I'm at the top of a roller coaster and I can't get off. I remember your um, but I'm just I remember that. I'm like, I know I have to come out. But what if I don't want it to? Yeah. And like, well, I'm not prepared. I don't know what I'm doing. What the hell was I thinking? And but wh- were your um, were your nightmares roughly like deleted scenes from Aliens, where like Sigourney oh, yeah. Weaver like keeps keeps waking up and then waking up and then waking up and the child keeps trying to come out? No, mine was. I've told Amy this before. Mine, honestly, one of my biggest fears was that I would not bond with the baby because you hear all these stories about well, it's different when it's your child and you'll just bond. And I constantly thought. There's no way that I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to feel nothing. Yeah. Because when I was pregnant, honestly, I didn't feel a bond. I, d- I thought I would and I didn't. And so when I right up until I gave birth, I was thinking, what happens if nothing if I don't feel anything? Because yeah, you're told uh, it's innate. Truly. Like, the second you see that beautiful innate. baby, yeah. you're just going to fall in love with them instantly and make it all worth it. No, you're sick. Yeah. You're miserable. You feel like you've just gotten hit by a truck. You don't have this just overwhelming surge of love instantly you're just thinking what well, the hell just happened to me and who is this stranger i kind of did though. i mean yeah my I mean, kids I, were the cutest I kids i've ever seen it. on the entire planet <laughs> so i didn't but it's kind, i didn't, I mean, I didn't, like, didn't have it at, it's kind of like an arranged yeah. marriage though right where like yeah yeah you feel an you immense amount of pressure mm-hmm. and like that's mm-hmm. part of what terrified me even when back when i was in a previous marriage and considering potentially mm-hmm. having kids was like would this be someone who i couldn't properly and fully engage with right. and, and would that be part mm-hmm. of that potential what if it's one of those people that about? hates me and <laughs> I, <laughs> I i don't deal well with people who hate me who i don't even care that much exactly. about it would be really bad yeah. uh, i felt like when i was pregnant i kept waiting with the first baby i kept waiting to have to feel something and it just kind of never happened while i was pregnant but i i had the opposite experience where the minute mm-hmm. he was born 
and I saw him, I felt that thing that people talk about. Like I looked at him and I was just like in shock and amazed. And then they, you know, took him and cleaned him up and I held him and it was amazing. And they, I had the, I had them take him to the nursery so I could get some sleep. But when they brought him back to me for the first time, it was like the best Christmas present. You can't even (laughs) describe the feeling. It was just amazing. And so I immediately felt better. Like, Oh, I, I can love this yeah. little thing. Like it's, and I, it's weird because I only loved my baby. I would yeah. see like, other babies. Oh, it's and really still sad like, that they gross. have like weird looking oh. kids. Yeah. But my kid was just like amazing and beautiful. And I became that parent that wanted to show everybody pictures <laughs> that I said I never. So became. it's like the, the, but with the second one, it was, it, I didn't have that yeah. right away. It was, and I was expecting it. And then with the second one, it was kind of like, wait, where's that feeling I had with the first one. And so that scared me a little bit, but. It all worked out. He's fine. <laughs> We're so good. Get, like, he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. It's like beer goggles, right? Ba- baby goggles. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. Well, and Pretty when you're much, when you're yeah, pregnant, I mean, you, you are look just at every love. baby up until then, and you're like, oh, I wonder if my kid's gonna look like that. Oh, I really like that onesie. Oh, I really like that car seat. Oh, like every, you just look at all mm-hmm. the things. And you just start like categorizing, like I like the baby's eyebrows, I like this baby's toes, I like this baby. Mm-hmm. Like you, you think about what's my baby gonna look like? It's yeah. I was yeah. terrified mine was gonna be ugly, and I know that sounds really shallow, but I did, I had nightmares that he was the ugliest baby on the planet because I knew I was having a boy, <laughs> and that. I just wouldn't be able to love him because he was so ugly. And I remember once he was born thinking, what, what was I crazy? thinking? He's the world's most gorgeous. And he wasn't the cutest baby in the world. He was like any other baby. But yeah. to me, you're right. It's like beer mm-hmm. goggles. You're just looking at this little person going, oh, my God. Yeah, like, mine, I like the joke and admit that you bit. were apart. It took a little bit yeah. for me to have yeah. that. The flood, with, with the, the flood of emotions. It took a couple of weeks because I was, mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked about it before. I'm not going to talk about it here, but I was really sick during my pregnancy. So I was recovering from all of that and they brought the baby and he was cute and I liked him. And I thought, you know, he was a gorgeous baby and I was going to take care of him and protect him. But it wasn't until I came home that it's like, he was probably like a week or two old that that, that hit me, like the flood of emotions hit me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it took a little while. It's. It's amazing, but at the same time, it's so hard. Just being a parent is, as Amy can attest right now. Yeah. It's re- it's ridiculously hard. And when you have a kid, Amy and I both have mm-hmm. kids with mental health issues. Oh, I thought you were going to say we both have kids me, with my ex-husband. I'm like, whoa. Well, that too. Do you think, um, I mean, li- living but, in the breeder world, do you feel like there is a mm-hmm. higher prevalence of mental health issues today? It seems know. like it, but my personal feeling just is just that it's more recognized. More. Sure, that's, yeah. that's sort of the, the think, perennial debate. Yeah, I think there's things that we diagnose now mm. that 30, 40 years ago were just yeah. a weird kid. Or like my brother always struggled with school and ha- and looking back on it had some pretty bad anxiety. Right. But when we were growing up, they didn't call it that. They just called it, he doesn't want to go to school and you need to make him. You know, it's... We just handle it differently now than right. we used to. Do you, do you find the increased but watching awareness? your kids struggle really, with that really and hard. trying to figure out how to deal with it is just crushing because you don't know how to help. You know, with a physical illness, a lot of times there's a more straightforward way to deal with it. Whereas right. with a mental illness, it's just struggle and you constantly second guess what you're doing. And if you're making the right choices and ugh. there's a there's a hysterical it's, joke in there somewhere. There really is. You need to think of it. Um, do do is this a problem? Do you feel like y'all have what five children between you? Do yeah. they all have various forms of this? No. Or? <laughs> okay. Um, no, my oldest, my fourteen-year-old, has really, really bad anxiety to the point where I have to homeschool him now just because he could mm-hmm. not deal with school. With and my middle school. son is like my that. eight-year-old. Yeah, and her and. My eight-year-old, my youngest one, has ADHD, but it kind of makes him fun, so we just haven't really done anything about it yet. Good. Good. But he's getting along okay, and he doesn't, we haven't, you know, we just kind of monitor how he's doing, and he's been doing fine in school. I'm on the second bottle, you guys, so just FYI. Yeah. (laughs) I mentioned my mom was here, so. Yeah. Do what you gotta do. Exactly. 
I'm self-medicating. This this show is after dark all the way. So. <laughs> oh, good. Well, good because we swear. Yeah, a lot. I said yeah. I said fuck, so. and I was like, do we swear? Are we allowed to swear? No, or you're you're covered. The void doesn't care. We say fuck. Yeah, I have my that. middle son is he's very he has severe anxiety, and we talked about homeschooling him, but he has a really good group of friends, and so he came home, and then he got bored, and then he went back, and so now he's talking about maybe coming home again. So it's kind of exhausting there. And uh, my oldest and youngest probably have some form of ADD or ADHD, so I don't know. Yeah, it kind of gets to the point where you have to decide how much is it affecting Yeah, none of them are on medication right now, but my middle child has been on anti-anxiety medication um, at some point and antidepressants, depending on different times of his life. So, and the other two, I just, um, you know, thoughts and prayers, basically. Give him espresso. Same Z's. <laughs> is that stuff exacerbated by the kind of so the the article that I sent y'all that we were gonna sort of talk about as our central piece yeah. here was uh, raising my child in a doomed world. It's hard. Um, it's really this is hard. From the New York Times. Do, do does you feel like first of all that that stuff exacerbates those anxiety? It problems? absolutely they, does because especially yeah. if they're aware of it, which they are because they're smart and they're older. Mm-hmm. And because um, my my middle son is thirteen, um, almost thirteen, and so he's aware of the world he's aware of politics he's aware of society and he's aware of um the fact that we're so much different than our peers we live in a very christian community and it's just um we don't fit in so so you're still in you're still in a very christian oh yeah i didn't move i left the mormon church five years ago and i still live four doors down from my mormon neighbor and they all know that i'm the heathen that left so are you still married no. No. <laughs> I was divorced. Um, Sorry if that's an awkward no. question. So, oh, I no. talk about it on my We talk about all it constantly the time on, the on the show. I, I figured I just want to give a little you know, background <laughs> for folks who might not well, know. So, yeah, I was divorced in the past year, but it has nothing to do with leaving the church. It's, you know, uh-huh. more to do with I'm married to an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. Ma- mazel tov. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My kid, my oldest, the one that has the anxiety, I, I don't know that the situation with the world has I, I guess I can't tell if that's exacerbated his issues right. or not. He started having symptoms of it when he was eight or nine, but he never in talking to him about it, especially at first, he could never pinpoint what it was that was making him feel anxious. He actually was having physical symptoms. That's which how, is how we, we noticed it too because stomach aches. He yeah, constant, mm-hmm. constant stomach aches. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we ruled out physical right. problems that we were you know, we had to do the to figure out if he had a mental health issue. But because you always go physiological 14, first, can, like you, that's just where you go. Yeah, like you just. But now he can articulate more at fourteen what things are making him anxious. But he's really it, it's weird. He's got this terrible anxiety, but he's actually a pretty chill kid when it comes to his personality. But when little things happen, he'll just freak out. Like he'll drop a plate on the floor and it breaks, and he just can't. He'll just panic and start hyperventilating and and as a parent you get all this unsolicited advice from everybody and anybody about what you should do about it and how it's just a discipline issue or it's the technology that they're using or it's they need some more essential oils or and it's like have you tried (sighs) diffusing essential oils though because it might work I really did beware of anyone who starts with (laughs) phrases like it's just (laughs) yeah but just it's just yeah he just needs some, you know, and a lot, especially these days, a lot of what you get is, well, have you tried taking away his mm-hmm. smartphone or his laptop? Kids are or, just so bombarded with information. Like, they just, their little brains just yeah. don't know how to process it. No, I don't know. It, I assume her name's Karen. Yeah. No, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if that is the case to me, like, even if it's all technology causing He still needs to be able to manage so and live what? in a world that has technology because that's able, all it's going to be. Yeah, this is the world now. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we, we can't just no. go be Amish and live without technology. They need to keep up with their peers and they need to know how to use this technology responsibly. Right. And I, I can't cure his mental illness by taking away his phone. I ju- it's just not going to happen. What is, I mean, so. other than, you know, the obvious caveat that it's all dependent on the individual are there things that y'all have felt that were effective um, in Bes- dealing with managing? Threats and bribes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Threats and bribes. I mean, that's my parenting. I'm a single mom. I don't have time for shit. So, 
Each of you has two versions of pragmatism here, which I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Prozac. Yeah, no. Yeah. My oldest one, we tried, because as a parent, you really don't want to put your kid on medications Obviously. unless you have to, especially something that's messing with their brain chemistry. Yeah. I mean, it's not. We actually talked about and that I used on to our, be, one of our episodes. I think our first episode, first yeah. First or second, it, yeah, because of the it, guilt of seeing your child with mental oh, illness yeah. and having to, like, because you feel like you failed in some way. Like, did I cause this? What did I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I just took him, if I just didn't let him watch TV as much, or exactly. if I just, maybe it's something I did when I was pregnant. Yeah. And with the oldest one, we had to put him on medication after a year of just unsuccessful therapy, you know, constant, every week therapy, nothing even made it a little bit better. And when he went on medication, it was like a different kid. It was for all the worrying I did about making that decision. Mm-hmm. He just radically came out of his shell and, you know, didn't have any of the side effects that I was terrified of. And it didn't change his personality. It just made him less terrified of everything all the time. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. and so for him, Huge. that's been a good thing, but for, it doesn't work for every kid and it doesn't work right away. And it's, sure, yeah, it's a tough decision, but for him, it's been amazing. No, and it's good. It hasn't cured him, but it never does. It's it's good to destigmatize that because, like you mm-hmm. said, people can feel very anxious about putting their children on medication. But ju- just yeah. like with adults, we have to remember that artificial neurotransmitters are just as good as the real thing mm-hmm. sometimes. Yep. And I encourage him to talk about it with his friends and to be open about it. And, to you know, I've always tried to make very sure that he's not ashamed of it and that it's just a normal thing. And no so I'll stigma. talk to him about my issues with depression and Mm -hmm. we just try to be really open about it and it's just it's just a thing it's just part of you and he you know he gets that now the older he gets and he's more kind of at peace with it and Mm -hmm. so you know so do you all talk about the voidy stuff with them too like death oh yeah oh yeah my kids are obsessed with death (laughs) (laughs) well yeah my kids have very dark senses of okay yeah so my oldest two remember being mormon so that was kind of like a rug I pulled out from underneath them. Yeah, because they're like, so wait, we don't get our own planet? What's up? Right, because they're boys. <laughs> like, at 12 years old, they have more mm-hmm. power than their mom. Oh. It was a real that's, problematic for me yeah. because I A real sudden loss them. of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had some serious yeah, problems kids, with that. We had to talk about death at... Oh, God, when my oldest was nine, I think my niece passed away. She was 18 and it was a sudden we didn't know it was coming. It's a very long story, but he had we had to talk to him about death and what it was and what it meant. And we were very matter of fact Mm -hmm. about it. And this is what happens. And your brain just shuts off and it's okay because you don't feel it anymore. And, you know, we've had these long talks about it. And he even at that age was kind of like, okay, like he didn't have nightmares he wasn't terrified and i've had even my own mom tell me well you know d- doesn't that make you worry that they don't believe that there's something after death does and like, like no that's they're you- with both of them we've talked about it and they're okay it's they're, still hard for me to wrap my brain know. around because yeah, for, yeah, i was like well i was raised with mm-hmm. you know eternal yeah whatever yeah and i was i was curious yeah. like did you when you had that conversation with your children was it like was it uh, a taking mm. a feeling like you're taking something away from oh, them as well? And I'm still I mean, I was raised with so much guilt anyway, but the guilt is just incredible. It's just mm-hmm. incredible because I'm like I, I took away the thing that I had to think about was I was changing their entire future. Mm-hmm. Because someone somewhere down the line accepted the church and got baptized in the Mormon church and changed my future. By pulling them out of it, I was changing their entire destiny, to quote unquote, you know, their entire future. And so, and then also, whether or not they had, like, the belief in eternal life and, you know, that comfort of always having the Holy Ghost with them and, you know, all of that. It was a, it was something that was very, it weighed heavily on me for months before I finally decided to do that to them. So, because for me, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, a grown up and it was my decision and, you know, I felt like it was the right thing for me, but I didn't want to assume that I knew it was right for them. What feels so. harder, t- taking away from them, like, 
the I mean forcing on them in a sense right forcing on them right. the social anxiety of no longer being part of the community that it sounds like they're still surrounded by if mm-hmm. you're still living there right I mean I don't or, live in Utah or, or anything so that's good okay well that's good <laughs> or like you know taking away from them the metaphysical comfort blanket kind of stuff do you feel like um, they've they felt more of one or the other or is it I think it's a mixed bag honestly because yeah. the community we live in is really unforgiving um, but it's not just for Mormonism. It's any flavor of Christianity. And I couldn't go from Mormonism to Baptist or, you know, just trading one flavor of crazy for another. I just li- I literally couldn't do that. So I was it was for me, it was a house of cards. It was all or nothing. And I believed in nothing. So um, mm-hmm. probably the social is the better choice for them. Yeah, because it's, you know, based on reality. Sure. Kids so. are a lot more resilient than they get credit and for. And I'm too. not. I mean, kids are so adaptable. I'm still like yeah. real upset about five years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like as adults, we're more kind of set in our ways. Right. And kids yeah. can kind of roll with it. They things, were so cool. Like know? they were like, okay, cool, mom. And I agonized over that conversation. And we did it in the car. My ex husband and I, we did it in the car. So we were facing forward and they were a captive audience, basically. And we told them, and it was just, they didn't care. We had been talking about this for like four or five months, just agonizing about how are we going to broach it with the kids? What are we going to say? And they were just like, okay, cool. Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. Well, to your, I mean, like, you don't know what would have happened if you hadn't done all of that agonizing and hadn't presented it in the right way. Right. Like, I'm not, I, right. I mean, maybe you presented it terribly and mm-hmm. your kids are awesome anyway, but like, <laughs> well, I, I just punched him in the face me. and said, you're not Mormon now. I mean, right. God, God doesn't love you. Eat it. <laughs> yeah. And then punch because him in the face. you touch right, yourself at night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's my answer for everything now. Actually, I have teenage boys. <laughs> yeah. They'll come in there yeah. and they're like, why are we out of apples? I'm like, because you touch yourself at night. Have you have you all talked mm-hmm. to them about sex in the void yet and like me me mm. too and all that stuff? Oh Speaking yeah, of, for sure. Oh, yeah. My my sons are huge feminist, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, my yeah. C- cucks, my cucks both- is the term you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, or betas, yeah, or, be- or beta yeah. cucks, whichever. Clear- clearly, beta cucks. yes, that's the word I was looking for. We both both my kids are boys, and two of Amy's mm-hmm. are boys, and we talk about this a lot about it. The struggle of raising, especially white boys. In this environment and trying Luckily, to make sure they just don't turn straight, out to be dicks. So it helps. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm. I'm pretty sure my oldest one is straight at this point. The younger one is. It's fifty fifty. Same. At this point. Yeah. But yeah, we we think about constantly how do we raise boys in this culture, just to be good. You it's know, real not hard. to be those ads and it's hard and it's and it takes a lot of conversations yeah. about you know when stuff comes up in the news i talk to my kids about it and i'm like hey look at this thing that's happening and what do you think about it and here's what i think about it and mm-hmm. and sometimes they surprise you and they'll tell you something on their own where they kind of made the right decision in their head and you're and like I, yes uh, maybe i am having an my influence. voice does resonate in their, in their ears it does work yeah but on the other hand, they're watching YouTube fucking constantly. And those guys and, on YouTube uh, are yeah. literally the worst my kids, people on the planet. Yeah, they're awful. Doomed. So yeah, yeah. So you're, it's a it's a struggle between YouTube raising your kid and then you trying to push. But back you're not going to take the away the YouTube, YouTube because they're doing the parenting for you. Right, and then you have time to drink and, <laughs> and get on Tinder and, and meet like, guys. And I mean, well, yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, YouTube's a lifesaver. So my my problem think, is I have to fight oh, against right. the other parent that my children have mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. because he's still he's no longer Mormon, but he's very much of the patriarchal mindset of you know I'm the boss I'm you know that that macho guy and so he's raising my kids to be abusive assholes basically mm-hmm. and so I have Ugh. to go back and fight and sit down and tell them you can stop this if you. St- do you know take these steps to acknowledge and recognize what's being what's happening you need to you can change this like you can you can do this so it's it's yeah. it's a every every other week when they come back to my house i'm like hey <laughs> let's not treat me like this like let's not treat mom like this just because she's a woman or you don't respect her because of whatever you heard over the past week let's actually uh. talk about this yeah, and there's there's no way to get him on any. Sort you of can't take page. someone to court for being an asshole. It's not illegal. No. So, but, but yeah, <clears throat> the, the lines just, of communication. I have to do there. damage control. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's not just sexism and feminism right. either. It's, you know, race issues. Like, I live in a very white community. I'm I mean, in a I'm in Texas. That's like is, enough, right? Like, that's enough yeah. said. <laughs> and yeah, so I grew up just not having any exposure to people who were different than me at all until I went to college. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now having to think a lot as a parent about how do I raise my kids to appreciate diversity right. and to understand that there's more to the world than this little town they're growing up in. I mean, YouTube helps there, and right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's great right. for everything. I mean... <laughs> um, for the past five minutes or yeah. so, everything y'all have said, I wanted to follow up every single one of them with... <laughs> so, so this brings me to the question, how often do you bring up the T word? Like, how often do you talk about Trump with your children? Oh, well, they've, they've oh, met God. him because I'm having an affair with him. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah on, Amy's on having Tinder, a long long there with Donald Trump. I mean, it's, it's a whole that, it's a whole that's thing. a good way to solve your financial crisis in the current market. It really right? Is. Thank like, you. Because he's going to pay me solid. off at some point when I decide to take a picture of him. I just have he it. pretty much always pays for it as far as I can tell. <laughs> yes, I'm still waiting. I'm just it's, a freebie. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really smart. It's real. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly you're dating Donald yeah. Trump. Not dating. Um, not dating. No, the. That's Just too far. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> no one dates a narcissist so, like that. I think he only no. dates himself. She drops the D word, and that's just uncomfortable for everybody. I know the wrong D word. No, the, <laughs> the funny thing about Trump and politics in general is that you know you look at people on the right, and they have their kids, and their kids are repeating all these hateful things, and you're you're thinking, how do they? You know, their kids don't even know what they're talking about. Look at them repeating that. That's terrible. But then you hear your kids repeating your exact like, political oh, viewpoints. I thought you were gonna, you're like, oh, look at them so free great. thinking. Look at them. I thought you were going to go a different way with that. And I thought you're going to be like, I'm no. so jealous of the Trump parents who can effectively inculcate their kids. Yeah. Like, kind of. my kids won't say no, anything I kind want of. them to say. <laughs> Clearly, actually, I mean, I'm really, I'm really jealous extent. of people that are like really like super religious and conservative and stuff. Their kids listen to them because they're afraid of them. They're afraid of getting hit probably (laughs) my kids my daughter tonight i was like take a bath or take a shower tomorrow's the first day of school i'm like hey can you take a shower before you go to bed tonight she's like "Mm, no yeah which means when i'm done recording this i'm gonna have to go in there and force her she's eight she's eight (laughs) she's old enough to take her Mm -hmm. own shower i'm gonna have to go force her to shower I have a I have a no free will view that you might be interested in. She's not afraid of me. No one's afraid of me. (laughs) You can tell her that she's um, determined beyond her control that she's necessarily going to take that shower, and you can explain to her all the consequences of not taking that shower. I've told her I'm like you're going to go to third grade. I'm sure that'll totally work. Tomorrow's third grade. You stink. Mm -hmm. Those are the facts right here. You have to wake up super early. We have to get your backpack packed. Still, I still need to make your lunch. I'm tired. I worked until 730. <laughs> Just take the fucking bath. Just take the... Okay. It, I mean, I, I lose. I, I spiral out of control somewhere in the middle there, but... It's a daily struggle. Yeah. Do you ever consider going yeah. back to religion just to have something to crack a whip against? You know, just at least for that three hours of childcare. Right. Two yeah. hours. You can, you can do some morning drinking on Sundays. Yeah, I think if I, I have a flask, yeah. I could just sneak it in. Oh, but wait. They'd never so know. So wait, if you were raised board when you weren't allowed to drink for a long time and now you drink, how's that been going Dude, for you? She's making up for Do lost I time. Drink? No, um, I didn't start <laughs> drinking until I was 34. Mm, so you at least you don't have a low to- you have a low tolerance, right? That's so at least adorable. you're like a cheap date. No, <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> I have a much lower so tolerance and I never is, drink. So. Growing up, I had lots of surgeries and stuff, so I had a high tolerance for mm. pain pills. somehow that translated into I can Mm. slam drinks back plus I'm Swedish I don't know why but Swedish have high tolerances and I didn't know this I thought it was racism but okay dirty sweet I thought it was Irish too I get it but I I googled it I'm like twice (laughs) as racist as you but you're still racist you really are no No, but so (laughs) apparently I have a high tolerance and I was like this is a gift I didn't know I had when I was Swedish and Mormon uh-huh. So, yeah, I can I have this high tolerance, so I can like slam back drinks and I don't realize I'm it's affecting me until I'm like sloppy. So um, like a special power yeah. you didn't realize you had. I didn't realize I had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope your life opens up before to you. So the first time I had a margarita, I was like, am I supposed to fill something? And they were like, seriously, like all my friends were like tipsy and giggling and stuff. I'm like, all righty then. So 
Yeah. Sounds like it's it's a good use to hustle some people, I think, right? There's hustling still happens in bars. So we have to do a drunk cast actually this weekend, and I don't know how oh. much I'm gonna have oh, to drink God. in order to match her drunk levels. <laughs> yeah. I only need to drink one. So I'm gonna have to start drinking now to be ready by Sunday. Yeah. Mm. When do when <laughs> yes. do you upgrade to getting crunked? Have you made it to Colorado yet? Oh okay. Um no, it's too far. On it. Too far. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. I go as to ex Mormon <laughs> yeah. women's retreats, and it's basically that's all we do all Not weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm getting the, getting the the oh. eyes here. I understand. Yeah, I <laughs> our audience can infer from what I'm inferring. Yeah. Um, They're like, I made brownies. We're like, woohoo! So. So Donald, Donald Trump. Trump is a sexy beast. <laughs> or just like, you know, just sort of the long-term yeah. outlook, right? Because Donald Trump is, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in many ways a symptom no, of a, a much the, larger problem. It's the fact that we're leaving the world in a worse place than we found it is the yeah. problem. And then, Objectively so. Yeah, that's, I mean, the and the problem is um, the generation behind us so callously and proudly voted against the earth and they continue to defend the people that don't believe that anything is happening so yeah i kind of go back and forth between feeling utterly depressed and just like nothing's ever going to get better but on the other hand when i see my kids and their yeah. friends and when i volunteered they're at school amazing. kids they're now so amazing are so much better yeah. than we were when we were. I mean, truly. I mean, I look maybe back you. I was at I've school as a kid. Awesome. You really have, yeah. No, when I was this a kid, I remember not, it's, just. It's actually just part of my head. It's fused to your head, yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I remember just how awful bullying was. I mean, this is what the early mid eighties, just how rampant bullying was, and how nobody did a thing right. about it. Was it was kind of a national sport thing to do. And now it's for all the shit that people give anti-bullying policies. Right. Kids or those seem all participant, really, everybody gets a ribbon. It's actually creating some pretty awesome yeah. people. It's actually, I have volunteered yeah. in some classrooms where these kids are, you know, I when my older son was in third grade, I remember being there one day to volunteer and they were doing this little fake shop thing where they had one fake money for, I don't know, getting good grades or doing good shit. And they got to spend their fake money on these little cheap ass prizes in the class and one kid didn't have any money he hadn't gotten any that week and a girl who you could tell they weren't even really friends but she just walked up to him and said here you can have mine and she gave him one of her little fake 20 dollars bills so and cute you just you see more i feel like you see more of that shit now and you see you kids see more that, that are shit. more <laughs> more of that good shit <laughs> okay well um, and you see kids that are more open to you know lgbtq oh yeah rights and to you know they just my kids don't give a shit if somebody is gay and most of their friends don't either it's the parents that are still spewing the hatred and the the guy i'm the guy i'm dating has three boys and i told my daughter before before she met the kids she was like you know i was like there's three boys and she was like i'm not gonna assume their genders and i was like okay she's like i'm gonna let them tell me yeah what they i'm like that's great um that's kind of amazing and you know, yeah. I'm I'm done here. There's Basically, I'm done parenting. Gonna, I'm just done. Yeah, <laughs> except for There's showers. Always going to be assholes, <laughs> especially in America. Like we're just we're never going to get rid of total yeah. assholes because but they're being I they're parenting feel like, things and that. Yeah. But I feel like the good kids are starting to outnumber yeah. the shit. We just ones, basically we're just waiting for this sense. generation before us to die. Yeah, we're waiting for them to. We're waiting for the ones before us to die and the ones that come I'm after us. I'm not going to say it too loud because a couple of them are in my house right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I understand. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And like. How? And, I'm uh, so like. Like, it's so you're subtle. so subtle about it. I mean, obviously, we're going to lose some of them along the way. Of your five children, at least one of them is probably going to turn out to be terrible. But I, oh, I, I get what I you're saying that like is. four out of is five. Is it mine? Like, it's probably mine. <laughs> no, it's mine. Okay, cool. It's it's oh, the younger cool, cool. one. He's doomed. Yeah, <laughs> I I do think that there are. Ch- I mean, I think like it's not the culture- girl one of me. She's terrifying. She yeah. punched the doctor yeah. at eight months old because he touched her. Oh, I was go. like, I'm done. Like, that was, hey, no one's ever gonna mess herself. with this girl. She's Bodily amazing. autonomy is an important step forward. That's that's good stuff. Um, this whole thing about not hugging children, I think, is a fascinating debate. Oh, um, I don't but- do that. I tell them. Mm. 
not hugging I them? I tell well, them, um, you know, go hug your grandparents if you want to. Yeah, there you go. I'm never going to force anyone. My, I'm not going to force my children. Oh, that debate. Yeah, I'm not going to force my children to um, show affection towards any relative that they don't want to no. or anyone that they don't want to. I thought there was a debate over whether you should hug your own kids or not. I mean, I give them a solid bro I got, hug I got real and I, confused I punch for a them on the shoulder there. as they walk by. Yeah. My impression was y'all were no. mostly punching them in the faces, but <laughs> I I fine. used to when they were little. Try I would do marks. high five to the face. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was religious, it was okay. <laughs> I, told, I was the worst Mormon ever. But no, I would do. I would be like high five, high five to the face, or high five with your face, and I'd put my hand up, and they would headbutt my hand. But then I realized oh, it looked like I, I was slapping him in the face, but it's still funny to me, so I still did it. But um, yeah, the the consent thing. <laughs> oh, consent's is, huge. Yeah. The not hugging thing. I tr- it's hard because I try to teach that to my boys through things like, you know, my older son will chase the younger one around the oh, house yeah. and Did you know, ask you to touch so it? So the younger no. one will <laughs> Yeah, and the younger one will get to the point where he's just screaming and like stop and my oldest one is tackling him and I have to explain to the older one, look, I'm trying to teach you both about consent and this is what consent is. He told you to stop touching him. You need to stop yeah. touching him. If he, you know, that's just the way it is and that's the way it is for everybody and even if he's laughing or he cuz he will, you know, my younger one will be laughing and be like, "Stop it." But you can tell he's having fun, but I'm like, "That's it doesn't matter. He told you to stop it. You need to mm-hmm. stop and take a break." And it's something that there's a lot of way to ways and you to do teach it with your tickling too. That. Yeah. With tickling. I'm yeah. I'm going to tickle you, you. No, don't. Okay, I won't. Yep. Um, okay. I'm not, not going, going to. to. Or w- the minute you say stop, stop, I'm going to stop. And then they're like, no, don't stop. And then like, if you okay, ask cool, me. I'll still, okay. Yeah. They'll ask you to start again and then you'll do it again. And then and it turns into a game. That's another You're like, way ah, that you. I'm going to keep going then. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Done. I'm glad, to, I'm glad yeah. to hear that, though. Speaking of stop, I should wrap wrap mm. this before we run out of too much time here um good i have to go bathe a really good idea. what's my uh right i should probably i should probably <laughs> we should come up with a uh safe word for these podcasts now that i think pineapple. about it sea cucumber is my favorite of course sea cucumber obviously <laughs> um but uh before yeah. we get to hero of the week did y'all have any sort of final thoughts or advice for individuals I mean, if you don't ra- have raising kids, children don't Right, but if you're already Never have if you're kids. already trapped in that scenario, and you're in this timeline, no. uh, all you can do is Thoughts. try to raise the best human beings you can, and try not to stress too much because you will drive yourself crazy if you worry about every single mm-hmm. decision you make. And right. realize that before our generation, there was really no such thing as parenting. You just kind of had just kids, abuse. and you tried to get them to adulthood. It was just all it was abuse. Just, you just had kids and that's what you did and nobody cared. And so, yeah, if my my rule of thumb is if you're even thinking about am I a good parent or not, you're probably fine. The ones that survived tilled the fields. Yep, pretty much. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> and also um, drinking helps. Okay. Right. Yeah. Don't feel bad about drinking. Drinking helps everything. Don't let, it, don't let God no. tell you to feel bad about drinking. Or my mother. Yeah. Or your mother. <laughs> right, whoever's in the uh, house at the time, God, your mother, either She way. doesn't like it when I buy an extra bottle of wine in front of her when she's visiting because I'm going to need it. Ooh. She doesn't like that joke. I'm like, I'm going to need this. The backup bottle. Still a funny joke. Yeah. Is that what you think you are? A hero? Saved the world, didn't I? Once. Talk to me after you've done it a couple more times. My hero of the week is actually... And I'm passive-aggressive, so I just let her have it. <laughs> and yeah, then talk exactly. over her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's our whole podcast. Have you heard it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we That's do. Good stick. Um, yeah, mine is Joe Radinovich, who is currently running for the Minnesota State House of Representatives. And according to my results that I'm looking at, he is currently winning the primary. So I am so excited. Oh my gosh, he is? Um, he is. He's win- I was pretty sure he was going to win, Yay. but... Now, it looks like he actually is. So the thing I love about this guy, um, I know him personally. I've I've I met him years ago when he was a local Democratic Party volunteer working at the phone bank and taking out the trash. And this guy is just as decent a human being as you could ever hope to meet. Like he was in the state house of um, representatives at like age 
28, I think, and took his job so seriously. And just he's the kind of guy that you would email him about an issue and he would email you back right away and say, here's what I think about this. And here's, you know, what I'm getting from your input. And here's what I'm going to do. He's just a cool guy. He lost his state House of Reps seat in 2014 when he voted for marriage equality. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an unpopular decision in my area because I'm in a rural area. And even though he's a Democrat, he had to think hard about how he was going to vote because he knew he would probably lose his reelection if he voted for it. And he did it anyway. And he gave a great speech um, where he talked about why he did it and why it was the right thing to do. And he did. He lost his seat after that. He got tons of hate thrown at him. Um, So for a while, he kind of dropped out of politics a little bit. He ran some campaigns. And now that Rick Nolan, who's our current congressman, is retiring, he is running. And so the primary is today in Minnesota. And it looks like he is winning. So he will be on the ticket in November. Nice. He's a fucking awesome guy. And I couldn't be happier. And if he ever... If a Me Too story ever comes out about him, that'll be the last straw for me in this universe because I will have no faith left in humanity. So uh, he's your one. So he's he's the one. We, we've all talked and about our one. For me, it's Obama. Right? It's no. He Joe Radinovich is better than Obama. He <laughs> wow. is. He's everything you could want in a politician. He's amazing and he's just a good guy. And yeah, so my hero of the week, he does the right thing for the right reasons. He's smart. He can actually win and he might be president someday. And I can say that I knew him. What are, what is the, do you know anything about the, the odds within your district and like what's Um, the lean? So he, right now he is, Ooh, he's at 49%. But, but like, uh, he's running. Assuming he wins the primary, do you have any idea about the mm-hmm. general? Oh, God. I. It's hard because Rick Nolan, who is the person who just retired, has won the past two elections by razor thin margins. Okay. And I'm talking a few votes. That's a good sign. Um, and this, yeah, the, the district that I'm in is fairly conservative. Um. And so we we really don't know where, you know, everybody up here who's talking about it is just we think Joe has the best chance of beating the Republican. But we really don't know. It's it's going to be tough. I'm that's mm-hmm. exciting. But it, this is a this is a seat that the country is looking at because this is, you know, we need this seat and he could actually win it. And yeah, he's a good dude. So if he wins tonight in the primary, give him your money. All right, well, good. Because he needs it. Yeah, I want to go check out his <laughs> um his odds on she left out as she well. left out the most important part he's there it he's is not, i was wondering i was wondering yeah. like how much have you objectified this <laughs> individual oh god he's i used yeah. to have a fantasy that one day i would get divorced <laughs> and marry him and we would be a washington power couple but he just recently got engaged god damn so. it. Oh, i know timing. all the good ones are taken assholes yeah but yeah, he's genuinely like of anybody I've ever met in the political world. He's the real deal. He's amazing. That's great. So, yeah. All right. Yep. And he's hot. So we'll we'll keep an eye on we that, win. and you can. <laughs> um, yep. We'll uh, we'll be retweeting you on. He's um, Donald on Trump the hot. Oh yeah. God. Well, not that. Okay. Hot. Nobody's okay. Uh, okay. And and other Amy, do you have a? I do. Um, it's my friend. Um, Vasfaji. <laughs> I usually call her by her nickname, so a bunch I'm not going to say on here because that's her Facebook name and stuff. But she is a um, survivor from Kosovo. Mm-hmm. And she was the first person to speak out against sexual violence, and she's currently traveling the world and representing victims. She was kidnapped at 16 by a police officer for questioning, quote unquote, oh. questioning. Oh. And he kept her for months at a time, and um, she was she was able to escape and make it to America. And now she has two daughters and a husband, and she's amazing. But now she's traveling around and giving voices to people who can't. And um, there's an article that they wrote about her in the Guardian recently, and she's right now she's in um, South Korea, and she's traveling up to North Korea, and she's talking to other survivors of the Kosovo War. And um, she's just amazing. She's amazing. Oh, so that's that's super voidy. Yeah, she's she's awesome. So if you want the link, I can send you the article so they can read about her. Absolutely. We'll and all the other people that, that are representing notes. the victim. But she's the only she was the first victim to actually speak out because there's people talking against it all the time. Mm-hmm. But she's the first person who was actually a survivor who came forward and said, this happened to me. I want mm-hmm. to help. 
does she, I'm sorry, I, I don't know too much about the Kosovo situation. Does she yeah. is she tied in at all with the current sort of shifts in that part of the world? politics with like putin and that sort of stuff she probably has family there still but she lives um here mm-hmm. so n- no okay um and her family's all here but um i mean other than extended family so probably not as much as, and but she's probably trying to give or get as many women out as possible or give them voices back yeah is there sort of particular concrete goals that they're working towards in terms of Getting she them more joined an organization. Of- Let me find the. It's the rehabilitation. It's um, the Kosovo Rehabilitation Center for Torture Victims. Wow. And um, so it's they're all working together and uh, Human Rights Watch. So and it was um, oh this is bad. It's uh, they are actually trying to contact survivors and victims of widespread use of gang rape by Serbian police paramilitaries and soldiers mm-hmm. so as a, as a tool of war mm-hmm. yeah that's a, a horribly common problem unfortunately yeah up to twenty thousand women and some men were victims of, of sexual violence during the war so this mm-hmm. organization is trying to um help as many people as possible and they're going to several countries because that's where people have immigrated to and mm-hmm. that's so it's she's um an activist and a speaker and she's trying to bring recognition. That's wonderful. So I actually found the article because she shared it and she was like, here, I'm in it. I have no, I I don't care anymore. I'm like, wow, that's like people knowing the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad for her that she's sort of, she's amazing. I mean, obviously she changed her Facebook name and I don't blame her, but (laughs) (laughs) does she fear reprisal at all with that sort of work? Or is there anyone who still, I doubt it. It talked about her. um, She actually went to the trial of her um, attackers. Oh, wow. So. That's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. I knew the first time I met her, I was like, oh, you're fun. I like you a lot. And then the more I got to know her, I'm like, holy shit, you're amazing. Like, you're like the most amazing person I've ever met. Yeah. Fully, fully me too. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And she's tiny. She's like. Um, probably like a size zero or one. And she's like this slight little woman, like long black hair. And she's just this fiery person. I would say spirit, but you know, there are no spirits, but she's like this fiery human where she's just like energetic and amazing. And Mm -hmm. like the center of attention, life of the party. Wonderful. Well, yeah. Thank you for bringing her to our attention and we will pass that information Mm -hmm. along. Thanks. I'll send you the link to the article. Yeah. I already did. Right, oh, okay, so cool. Amy it. did it. <laughs> well, well thank you all so much, Amy and Amy. When I say been... I will, I mean she will. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get the impression mm-hmm. that she's the one doing a lot of the, the, the front womaning on a lot of that sort of Just stuff. Just super uh, busy and important. <laughs> well, you only have, you have, you have the three children. She only has the two. It doesn't really count, right? Yeah. Plus, so, I, I don't I have, have that, um, extra time. I don't have that whole, uh, what's it called, partner. Ooh, yeah, there you go. yeah. Um, I have a whole nother person in the house to I share in don't. the responsibility. <laughs> so. Aren't you all each other's partners? That how the well, yeah, but she's in Minnesota well, and I'm in Texas. So oh, yeah, fair enough. Difficult. Yeah, we're we're podcast wives. We have a special relationship. Yeah. Do you all want to plug your where folks can upset. find you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on the Secular Soup podcast, which you can find wherever there's podcasts. Um, or you can look up our website, delightfulbitchcraft.com. And we've got everything on there with the podcast and how you can support us and the shitty stuff our we make and sell on shit. Etsy because we're terrible because we're crafty. Um, but yeah, Secular Soup podcast. Yeah. Give us a listen. It's basically us talking over each other the whole time, mm-hmm. like you just heard, about random <laughs> nonsense. So. I mean, we stop occasionally because, you know, we have to take drinks. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we bring up a serious topic, but usually it devolves into nonsense like vagina yeah, hornets. Yeah, I was going to say, so. if you're having any trouble, just hashtag vagina hornets yeah. on Twitter. You'll find it pretty mm-hmm. quick. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> or you'll end up in Gwyneth Paltrow's, like, yeah. Goop. Is Goop her name goop. for her hoo ha? Is that probably. how that works? Probably. Yeah. You want to go visit Goop? Want to take a weekend in Goop? Well, well, thank you so much, Amy and Amy, for bringing this parental void. <laughs> thank you so void. much for having Class us. Class this bitch up. 
You did. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously now you're morally obligated to have us on your show. That's oh, the, I, I wish you may that. hear that day. Oh, we're probably oh, just minute. never going to return your calls. <laughs> Do I want to explain to you um, how giving and receiving works? Like, oh, I was Mormon and I was married. What? Trust me, I know these things. I don't. Right? Oh, no. But <laughs> we're ladies. We don't understand. He doesn't have things. to give back in that situation, does no, he? I it have a headache that day, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a, I don't know, gay, right? What it. Uh, the, I'm just thinking of Angels in America now, and it's right, like, the, the guy doesn't have to reciprocate because he's necessarily gay. I've gone, I've gone way too far deep into a reference yeah, here you're, now. Yeah, you're into the I'm, I'm way off the reservation. <laughs> we're call, we're calling this. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, All right. Cool, okay. Thank you all yeah. so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. We would like to thank our top patrons, Jesse Rubinowitz and Brenda Goodman, Dave Meslick, Abe, Roy Johnston, host of the Brainstorm Podcast on the Hardcore Skeptic, HempQuest.org, 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 Mr. Nobody, and Scott John Harrison at Shaded Sprider. If you would like to become a patron, find us at patreon.com slash embrace the void. As always, remember, beware the void, the void is you. <laughs>